1: We are here. It's episode 119. I'm your host Connor Mueller oh, wow. and I'm here with Bones today. How are you Bones?
0: Doing well. Thank you. I'm happy to see Connor Mueller. That's I haven't actually heard you say it yet. I've said it a lot but you, now you've said it. This is great.
1: I'm Mrs. Mueller. Isn't Mrs. that crazy? Mrs. Mueller. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Mueller. Yeah. Is that a weird
0: change for you? Like no I mean yeah. not weird like or it's like do you get mail now that says like Mueller and you're like huh.
1: Um, not really, actually. The only place I get mail from that has Mueller on it right now is our credit union. Okay. So, but it's weird. I still sign my name. I mean, it's a squiggle, but I haven't, I haven't developed a new signature. You
0: know, it's crazy because your signature, like you can do it so well, right? Because that's like the only like signature or cursive we do is our name. And then like you, if you ever try to uh, cursive someone else's name, it looks like a second grader did it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So uh, you give it a couple of years. I think you'll you'll I think you can do it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> do you remember being in grade school and you would practice your signature? It would be yes. kind of doodling in the margins and you would just practice over and over again. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, yeah I remember do that. going
0: back to uh, man, this is like kindergarten where they had. Uh, like big spaced lines and then like a dotted line in the middle. So you can Mm -hmm. like perfectly go up to the middle with the A and then the Y and like, man, and that's how I learned. They don't teach that anymore. I guess they don't do cursive.
1: I I know our kids will never learn how to do cursive. You know,
0: I guess besides just teach them how to do their name, that's enough, right?
1: That's all they need. And they really don't even need to know how to sign their name. They just need to know how to make a, a squiggly.
0: Yeah, a JB or a, a CM, like. Yeah. JO, that's it.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Uh-huh. I, know, I know Jess is away this weekend, right? Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes.
1: Yeah. So Cor- Corey's also away. He's at the police academy right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was noticing how different my routine is when he's not here. And I thought, oh, okay, so Jess is away. How is your routine different now that she's gone?
0: That's hilarious that you asked that because last <laughs> night we, we went to the brewery after the gym. We yeah. do that a lot. Uh, we go this brewery right next door and everyone's like, Oh, Jerry, what are you going to do? Like now that Jess is gone. Cause like, we're yeah. usually like pretty home-bodied and I'm like out and uh, out and about last yeah. night by myself, lone wolf. And I was like, I'm staying up late. I'm watching star Wars. I want to play video games. I'm <laughs> eating restaurant food. No one can tell me anything. <laughs> and uh, I didn't do any of those things. So uh, I went to bed at like 11. She FaceTimed me at like 1130. Like, oh. what are you doing? And like woke me up. But, um, but yeah, my routine, I went to bed much later than we usually are in bed, by like 930. And mm-hmm. then. Um, yeah, that that was honestly so far the biggest thing. And I watched Star Wars last night, which we probably would never do. Cause she's not really into it. And I don't mm. force her to mm-hmm. sit through stuff that she's just going to look at her phone. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, I, I just like, like anybody else, I think you kind of like have moments where like, man, I can just do whatever I want, like, and just relax in yourself. Yeah. Um, but there's also the side where like, oh, I miss having her here.
1: Oh totally. yeah. You know,
0: like you miss mm-hmm. little, 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 like you keep each other on track and stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, so,
1: oh, totally.
0: Yeah. Do you have anything specific?
1: The bi- so Corey's gone, he's gone for eight weeks and he, he can come home. He'll be home on a few weekends, mm-hmm. but he, he'll be gone for two weeks. This is week one of this two-week period where I won't see him. I've noticed my daily flow is different, similar to what you said. He likes to wake up early and go to the gym. So it's wake up. The very first thing you do is you go to the car and you drive to the gym. So we're at the gym, 6 a.m. It's mostly because he wants to play basketball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, great.
1: Yeah, which is great, and I I like to get up early. I am not ready to work out at six a.m. Mm-hmm. I do it, and it's nice to get it out of the way. I like to wake up early, have coffee, and start work. Mm-hmm. So I like to get on my laptop, get you know three hours of work done, and then take a break and go to the gym. So my flow is different in that respect. And also, there's two things. The second thing is dinners are way different. So for me, I really like to cook dinner. And if Corey's home, we'll usually cook dinner together. And it's an event. And it's something I really look forward to and I really enjoy. When he's not here, I don't feel like I necessarily have to cook and it's not as fun because I'm not sharing it with anyone. And so I kid you not, I talked to him, it was today. And he said, are you eating anything other than rice and eggs right now for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> because I said, I, I ate rice and eggs quite a lot this week. Oh my God. Um, I did make, I think I made one, you know, proper meal. Yeah. And then, I mean, I can make lef- leftovers last a couple of days, mm-hmm. but usually when Corey's here, it's like, we're making stuff every single night and yeah. we're cooking dishes and things like that. So I've just, I get to dinner time and I think, yeah, I'll just make scrambled eggs.
0: <laughs> and you put that in rice. Do you do any like sauce or like anything on top? Like just right, rice and egg or what, you, what is this? Oh my I'm gosh.
1: Not... Rice and eggs are great. It's one okay. of my favorite foods. Yeah. It's this is you new. Do, you do runny eggs. I feel like I've done this for a while, but it, I do runny eggs over rice. Um, nothing special. I put sometimes I'll put uh, turmeric on the eggs, but it's it's just plain plain rice, salt, pepper, turmeric, runny eggs. I, I it's really you know. good.
0: Yeah. So the runny egg is like the yolk is like the sauce and it mixes together. I mean, it's very exactly. much like a jap, actually like Japanese inspired, right? Because egg fried, or like or fried rice has egg and peas and yeah. all that, butter and all that. But it's like less. Yeah. Kind of not no peas and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I got you. I got you now.
1: Yeah. But there is with the TV thing where you said, oh, and I watch Star Wars. Yeah. I, Corey and I, we have TV shows that we watch together, but. I I've been going back and watching reruns of Top Chef um, and it's great because I can binge watch this show and there's a million seasons of Top Chef. Uh, Did you ever watch that show? Mm
2: -mm. It's
1: it's I love it. I don't know why. I just love it. Um, So I watch a lot of Top Chef in the evenings because it's not really a show he's that interested in. So
0: I, I love that too. We Okay, remember we used to watch Kitchen Nightmares a lot?
1: Yes, we used to watch Kitchen Nightmares and we used to watch Man in the High Castle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Both phenomenal shows. However, I was always like, man, I'll never watch the British version, it's just not as entertaining. I've recently mm-hmm. gotten into the British version of Kitchen Nightmares. It's oh. phenomenal. It's Is so it? much better than the American version for like relaxing because the the restaurants themselves are like way less just kind of gross. And the people are actually like really trying to like, I want to be a chef or like I a chef has fallen from grace and Gordon comes and saves them. Mm. And uh, it's way less like theatrics and dramatic music and yelling and throwing food. And it's just more like Gordon coming in and like he's how to cook the fucking food. And, you know, and, you know, you do things fresh, not frozen, like yeah. stuff. But it's like it's just more wholesome. I, guess. I was just so, gonna
1: say that it's wholesome. It's not yeah, dramatic. It, it's very yeah. wholesome.
0: You really, I would uh, recommend it. So Top Chef, yeah, I've I've never watched it, but I've definitely heard of it. Um, How are you
1: watching the British Kitchen Nightmares? What's just, it on? Just
0: YouTube, yeah, a few you YouTube, YouTube Kitchen okay. Nightmares. You have full full episodes, and I usually just watch them at lunch. I throw them on my phone and have a little lunchy lunch, and then it's away we go for the rest of the day.
1: Yeah, what a way to have lunch with Gordon Ramsay yeah, every day. I know. That's great.
0: You know, I want to say. It's hilarious, the parallels between our lives, because you said you don't like getting up at the first thing in the morning, but Corey does. And that's like so our relationship as well. Me and Jess, Jess is like first thing in the morning, like 4 15. She's getting up, go to the gym, work out at five and she'll come home. Honestly, most of the time I'm still in bed at like 6 45, 7 and I'll get up and like I just I don't work out in the morning. I can't I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so interesting the parallels. Like I prefer to wake up, have some like drink a glass of water and meditate and ease into my day nice and slow. Mm-hmm. And you and I are so similar. And then Corey and Jess are just. It's just funny how we've like landed in this parallel relationship in a way.
1: It's um well we have to do another podcast about this, but I've been taking a deep dive into um, Ayurvedic medicine. It's ancient Indian medicines, but a lot of it is based on daily rituals and practices. And in Ayurvedic, they recommend taking the first three hours of your day, and they do recommend getting up before the sunrise. So get up, you know, two hours before the sun rises, take the first three hours of your day, and those hours are for you. Okay. Those hours are to wake up, they're to drink water, meditate, journal, express gratitude. And I really, I that, I, my vibe, my flow is very much in that vein where mm-hmm. I will wake up early, but I do not want to go to the gym and do an intense workout right, yet. And exert
0: <laughs> yourself so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Totally.
1: Yeah. Um, did you coach today?
0: I did not. I didn't coach today. I coached uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week. I was an athlete today.
1: You were an athlete. Yeah. This is cool. So you've, I'm calling it your comeback to coaching because <laughs> you were away for a while. And then more recently, you started coaching again. Mm-hmm. So how many weeks has it been or how many months?
0: Yeah, probably a month and a half or so. I think I started at the end of January was my first class okay yeah and
1: then just how long was your hiatus from coaching so like from when you stopped coaching to when you started again i think i
0: came back to worthy and i finished coaching at worthy in 2018 Mm -hmm. like the end at the end of 2018 is when i got done the saddest Um, year of
1: my whole life
0: i'm sorry (laughs) oh
1: yeah but go on
0: Um, yeah, it was, it was 2018. And then I, I, I became like a tech, a PT tech, mm-hmm. um, which was all right. And yeah, so it was from 2018 until 2022 where I wasn't coaching physical classes. However, I did run uh SISU training systems for uh, 2020. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've cooled off on that just cause I don't want to do it anymore. And, but for, for 2020, I was still like, uh, coaching, um, remotely, I guess. Yeah. You're programming. A, man, it, I had. 20 rugby guys at one point in a couple. Of yeah, days, that's so sweet. That was cool. Yeah.
1: So from 2018 to 2020, 2022 yeah. so until recently you went back and now you're coaching group classes again at yeah. CrossFit.
0: Yeah, totally. At Amoeba CrossFit. In, uh, it's actually Clovis, California,
1: Clovis, California, mm-hmm. Amoeba CrossFit. Yeah. I didn't know that that was the name of the gym.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Our little logo is like an Amoeba. Uh, I'm not wearing a shirt right now. Um, and I, no one everyone's like Amiibo, like that's kind of like strange it's different you know you think yeah like, like is Cro- the another one around us is like certus or like iron fist or like mm, metal yeah. warrior something and like,
1: badass and
0: uh those are cool but he's very much like the owner is he's a great guy and he's very much just like laid back and just like um you know wants to have fun with it and doesn't want to take it too seriously to the point where it's like. Uh, kind of corny i guess so mm-hmm. amoeba it was kind of like a funny little like amoeba image and we're all just like little amoebas getting fit in the gym and you know it's like yeah. and like one of our shirts uh one of the members little kids she's uh probably like three or four years old she drew like an amoeba and so he took that image and it's like totally like a cartoon like you know little kid drawing and made it a shirt and like it's just it kills and it's it's, it's super fun so
1: that's great yeah. i love that i had no idea that was the gym's name yeah it's different um I've been curious in this gap between 2018 and 2020, 2022 until recently. um, I'm going to ask this question first. What was a welcomed surprise about not coaching? So you coached for all these years. And when that happens, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm going to guess that this, this becomes part of your identity. You are a coach you are a trainer, you are a crossfit coach, you're a strength coach and this is a key part of your identity. Yeah. And so when you stop doing something like that, it can feel really hard cuz you almost lose a little piece of yourself. And I think you were able to shift into sisu so that you could keep programming and working with athletes and training so it kind of filled filled that gap in a little bit. Yeah. But I'm curious what was a welcome surprise about not coaching?
0: I will say. Probably the the no I no longer had an obligation to be a people pleaser.
2: Mm. Um,
0: and I mean that in a good way, uh, but it became very like exhausting. Like we were just talking about before we started recording was um, compassion fatigue. Mm hmm. And how that can really kind of get to you, um, and I think you, you never like totally like burn out and, and crash when you are coaching with this, but I think it's important like you have waves of you know different energies right as you throughout if you're coaching or doing anything or um, you feel really really motivated and you're killing it, you have all these fresh ideas, and like you know you love working with people, and the classes are great, and then um, you know stuff happens or something happens, you kind of drop down and you get some fatigue from one reason or the other and um That was like very evident while I was coaching my first round, like from Mm -hmm. 2015, 14 to 18. Um, That was very evident where I I could recognize it. And then once I stepped away, I was no longer in, I think maybe it's a leadership role too. I was no longer in that leadership role where things were expected of me to put on a really good class, make it the best hour of people's day and things like that, where um, I could just, you know, there was a job to do as a PT tech Mm
2: -hmm. and I, I did
0: the job and that was it. I don't want to say that's better, but it was definitely a a reset. Um, and it was good for me at the time, um, something Mm. I needed and I became so focused on really, I need to get, I need to get like a career move. Like I need to make a career move and I still want to, I still loved coaching. I never fully detached from it. I knew, I think I was going to be back one day, but, um, I just wanted something that will be sustainable that I could rely on more. Um, yeah, so that makes think, sense. Yeah.
1: We we live our lives in seasons. Or that's how I like to look at it. We have seasons yeah. of our lives, and at that point in your life when you were when we were coaching at CrossFit Worthy, that was a season. And then you had you graduated, and you had a career season
0: mm-hmm. where you
1: became laser focused on PT. Yeah. And that was that was important for that season.
0: Yeah, totally. And honestly, when I went into PT, whether it was tech or then I finally went back to school, it wasn't like I was thinking, oh, I'm so happy. I don't have to people please today. I didn't wake right. up and think that. But like reflecting back, I'm like, "Huh, yeah. that's something like that stress went away. And it was a lot of stress because I was a young I think I feel like I was a young coach. I just graduated college and I like, didn't really know what I was doing. And, um, you know, CrossFit were really like I would agree. that it, it, uh, it really made you grow. Like, mm. you know, you were forced to grow and become better. And that was an amazing experience that I'll never ever regret being a part of for any reason. But, uh, there was certain stresses that came with that too. Um, like growth is stressful and eventually like you either have to like try to really adapt to it and, and make it work or say, you know, this was, I've had enough and, and kind of move on to the next thing that's going to help you. Um, So that's what ultimately what I did. It was reflecting back. That was definitely the biggest one.
1: Yeah, man. I didn't. I actually didn't think you were going to say anything like that. But really? it's so true. Everything you said was so true. Because when you're coaching, there is a constant pressure to be on
2: mm-hmm.
1: and to constantly empathize with people. Yeah, and totally. show compassion. And we are both compassionate people but day in day out it does start to wear on you
0: yeah and you uh, maybe it's like a maturity thing too like if you can like i think we both learned self-care <laughs> right and how to oh, implement yeah. those things but back then had <laughs> yeah. no nothing i didn't know anything besides like meditation which, which i didn't do back then it, it was there was nothing it was just like let's just keep fucking let's roll
1: <laughs> i never gave myself the opportunity to mentally or physically recharge my batteries it was very much you're gonna burn the candle at both ends or that's what I did without really realizing it and people you just keep yes say yes to everything I don't think I ever said no yes yes I will coach. yes I will take on more classes yes I will take on more clients yes I will do nutrition coaching yes I will open the gym at you know 5 a.m. every day
0: yeah well it's yeah. like it's kind of like vitamins right mm-hmm. where you vitamins are good for you you need vitamins mm-hmm. um does that mean you need to take more supplements it, it, what happens if you drink like 3,000 milligrams of vitamin c you mm-hmm. just not it's not doing anything right so too, mm-hmm. or it could be harmful too mm-hmm. much magnesium can be harmful too much zinc like too much of a good thing is a bad thing yeah right? man you gotta if you learn take... how to dial back
1: if you take too much magnesium or too much fish oil, you will literally shit your pants.
0: Dude, I can't take magnesium anymore. Like, I was taking the Calm. Yeah. Um, and I switched to oli, OLLY, O L L Y, which is like a chewy and it doesn't have magnesium oh. in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are just my preferred. The OLLY was delicious, but I was taking the Calm. And dude, when I, I started taking the Calm again, because I ran out of the gummies, yeah. and I shit like three times a day, it's like insane because of all the extra magnesium. So, yeah. no, we didn't need to go there, but.
1: Yeah. You got to be careful. I speaking of <laughs> magnesium, I really, so I'm taking the calm right now too. And it's the sleepy calm, right? Yeah. yeah. So yep. You take it at night. Um, I, I re- once I'm done with this thing of calm, I want to get the earth fed muscle magnesium.
0: We have that. Yeah. The, the capsules.
1: I, um, or is I it have to, a powder? I think it's a powder. I could be wrong though.
0: So there is, uh, uh, one called 40 Winks, which is a uh, zinc magnesium capsule. We have that and we like it a lot. We take it, um, Jess takes it every night. Like I said, I can't take a lot of magnesium, I guess. Yeah, this is uh, actually a good time. I uh, know we're going to continue with this conversation. Earth Fed Muscle uh, gave us a nice code. So if you haven't heard of Earth Fed Muscle, they're a supplement company. They use uh, grass fed proteins and really good creatine, they source everything really well. And um, you can use code uh, WARRIOR10 at checkout for 10% off your order from Earth-Fed Muscle. And we'll we'll have more on that as we go on with our lives as well.
1: Yeah. I'm going to get me some good-tasting magnesium. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, back to coaching. Yeah, yeah. You said the welcome surprise about not coaching. Before we move on, is there anything else? Was there any other welcomed surprise? What was good about not coaching?
0: Hmm. You know, I feel like you're leading me down the path of I have more time to work out for myself.
1: Oh, I didn't. I w- that wasn't a leading question. I was just curious if there was anything else.
0: I think that might be the obvious one. I'm not coaching anymore, and so I had more time to work out myself. Uh, I found it to be the opposite. You know, coaching, oh. you're, you're, you go to the gym and you coach and uh, maybe you're, you're already at the gym. You you're work there. You stay there and work out for an hour or whatever. Um, now it's more of, well, I'm coaching again. But in that time was uh, I have to make a conscious effort because the gym isn't part of my daily life anymore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be right. I'm not yeah. uh, obliged to go. I have, if I want to go, it's because I have my in that time, I have my own set program and I go to the gym for myself. Um, so that was a little different, and honestly, my frequency probably dropped a little bit overall. That's okay.
1: What did you miss during that gap? What did you miss about coaching?
0: Oh, I mean, okay. So is whatever we say about how like stressful it could have been, right? To um, people, please when you actually please a person, and they're like, "Oh my god, like you helped me so much," and you're mm-hmm. like, "Okay, well, yeah, you're people pleasing," quotes, but you're people pleasing. Like you're making them happy and what you did, your energy made a change in their life. That's amazing. I Mm miss the, I miss the community so much. I missed my friends. I missed the people that like really love to be coaching. I missed you guys. I mean, I missed Jeremy and Susie and, and like coaching a class and going in there and just laughing about some random shit that happened or was Mm -hmm. going on or make office quotes. I missed that. Uh, I missed crossfit teens i mean there's a lot of those kids that have are like adults now um which is crazy but like they they killed it they loved it it was so cool to see them adapt and then like then do the open and grow and uh, i missed that i missed the process overall obviously with any like good job you miss the people the most so
1: yeah it's it's very rewarding It's very rewarding to see someone else light up because of something that you, you helped them with.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Getting their
0: first double under or. Yeah. I mean, that's a big one or like a pull up or a muscle up is another big one, right? And these are cool. But then um, you get like the person who's like now or the older person now I've learned, right? The older ladies, the legends and stuff that we used to have you get them pushing and doing stuff that they never, ever, ever would have thought that they'd be doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And in their seventies and eighties, and they've never touched a weight before for the first 50 years of their life. And now they're like pushing 200 pound yokes. Like it's, that's cool too. You know?
1: Um, yeah, 100%. I love, it doesn't matter what your age is. I love working with people who have an athletic spirit mm. in that they may not identify as being an athlete. But if you think of the athletic spirit, it's someone who's looking to learn, master, make progress. And I often find that I do really like working with all ages as long as they have that.
0: Yeah. yeah. I love that. And we've had both, right? I mean, you've had you like you've had like the person that's like, bah! and you've had the person like, I kind of want to be here, but I don't. Yeah. yeah. Um, and sometimes you really get through to them, and that's even better. But I, mm. I love that athletic spirit. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. When I I started personal training at the YMCA, they asked me who who's your ideal client, and that's what I said. I said, really, I, it doesn't matter the age. I'm I've worked with all ages, and I like working with all ages. But I like the people that have the athletic spirit. Okay, so now you're back to coaching. Yeah, you're back to coaching. I don't know. I, I, when I started working at the YMCA and just doing some personal training, I felt rusty coming back. (laughs) So what was your first class back like?
0: Man, it was probably, well, I don't know what your story was and how you got hooked up with that YMCA, um, as far as like preparing for it. When this, this gym opened up almost a year ago now in April, so pretty much since April, up until January of 2022, I was like, I'm going to coach, I'm going to coach, I'm going to coach, just need to get my L1, just need to get my L1. Never did it. Um, I was still working at my previous job, which was uh, soul suck, and uh, that was occupying, but I had a lot of preparation, and mentally at least, going into coaching again, and I took a lot of classes again throughout that first, you know, six, eight months of the gym being open, where I saw these other coaches coaching, and we're like, that's good. like that um yeah that the great cues like i mean that yeah that totally makes sense or like yeah i don't i wouldn't do it like that i wouldn't say that so like mentally preparing like that my first class back um i was more nervous that people wouldn't respect me Mm. because i you know being honest with myself it's it being honest with the sport too it's fairly competitive crossfit is And, and i'm not i there was a time where i wanted to like throw down and like i got pretty good at crossfit but I. For the most part, I I don't identify with that. So it's a fairly competitive gym. A lot of this for some of the people. Um, so I was more worried like they wouldn't respect me, even though I know I'm a good coach. I know I fucking got this, and I can help people. Um, so that was my biggest worry. But actual actually coaching the class, like doing board talk and and having like a presence and going up to people and giving cues and coaching and, and slowing them down or telling them yes or no or whatever. Yeah, I felt I felt pretty good. Uh, there was no like hesitation i guess but as i'm going i'm like learning again oh yeah i remember that cue right or like i totally forgot that that was a thing Um, like for toes to bar right keep your eyes above the bar when you're pulling back
1: oh yeah you
0: know it's just like stuff that like you go and you you throw yourself in that situation and as long as like you don't you know i guess the biggest fear be like oh i fumbled over my words or blanked out didn't know what to say that's usually not case like as long as you don't do that you'll learn or even if that does happen like you'll learn you'll get better don't be scared to you know try speak up and and coach people so that was put into us at at, at worthy
1: though yeah all of the cues and all of those things just start to kind of come back to you when you're in that environment
0: yeah it's crazy how natural it becomes too because we did i mean we coached i don't know how many hundreds of maybe thousands of classes from 2000 uh, for my guess, mine was like fifteen to eighteen yeah, a lot of classes in you too from you know your years like it was just it was very natural once you get back into it like you get the first one out of the way mentally, and then you know you get to know another thing was like I don't know everybody's name mm-hmm. um I don't know anybody like yeah, what they do or how they react or how they react being coached or being told this is not right, this is right, yeah. Um, so breaking that barrier was pretty big for me. It was in the beginning when I coached too at Worthy. I was like, that was tough. That was really tough to like, let go of my shell. And it was tough here too. But uh, you know, you just, you, I guess from that I learned just do it. Yeah. Because people aren't going to bark back.
1: Um, you said something about you just, as you're coaching, some of these cues kind of come back to you. Mm-hmm. I had a really strange one come back to me this week and I heard Jeremy's voice in my head and it was so weird because it was never a cue that he had ever given me. It was a cue that I heard him tell a kid. He was, he was coaching a kid and he was teaching him to do monster walks. And he said, all right, you got to take big step out, big step in. Imagine you're a monster crushing your city yeah and i used that did you use this it this week oh yeah please
0: tell me you used it on like a uh, older lady or something like that did you i
1: i didn't it was i was doing a session with a family ah, well, that's and too. it was a uh, mom two teens and then the daughter was younger and she had the first time she's worked with me and i used that cue it's it's brilliant I love it. I yeah, but it. it's Jeremy came into my head and I just remembered hearing him say that to somebody. Yeah. But yeah, it all comes it all comes rushing back. And that's like
0: having fun again too was a, a huge thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um like when we I did the teens, like we always played games beforehand. It was like yeah. fun icebreakers and like you you get to know each other and just laugh. And as adults, right, it's like why does that go away?
1: We don't play you anymore. Yeah, yeah, you know,
0: why why does that go away? And the CrossFit is just such a beautiful opportunity for that to happen where um the, the warm ups again let's like have fun so that's something like having cues or like Jeremy was always like tell a story with this like about air squatting right remember the classic air squat story like you uh you teaching an air squat right so you got your uncle all right, It's Thanksgiving dinner. You load up a plate of food. You got your turkey, your mashed potatoes, your gravy, your rolls, your stuffing, your green beans. You load up this huge plate and you got all these little kids running around your ankles. So you got to hold it up high. You got to hold it up over. Right. And that's like the arms <laughs> for the air squat. You got to hold yeah. it up high so that the kids don't get it. And then there's only one spot left on the couch to sit. And it's between your two fat uncles and you got (laughs) to squeeze in there. So you're holding your plate up, you get your feet set and you just wiggle your butt back nice and slow and sit. And like, that's a story he told a couple times. And uh, and, like, that's fun though. Like even for adults, like you're giggling, right? You're having fun. Like tell an adult to smash the city when they're doing monster walks. It's fun. It's stupid, stupid, but it's fun.
1: As you were doing that, people have to go to YouTube and just watch you do that because it's so captivating. (laughs) And it's it instantly makes you smile. And I also had tons of flashbacks just now of doing coaching drills. Yeah. Doing non nonverbal coaching drills. Totally. And so many the save the world button when you're learning mm. to hinge, you got to stick your butt back to save yeah. the world. Yep.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. The class, like like that stuff like yeah, it just clicks. It's so much funner than. All right, guys. So we're going to push our hips back into this hinge. You're going to feel your hamstrings. They're going to tighten up and you got to keep a neutral spine in your back. So your back is straight and your shoulders like, yeah, you know, what's the difference? Like you get it right.
1: (laughs) I think I, I think this is actually an Alex cue. She was someone that we coached with when there's a lot of movements where you have to squeeze your glutes. Yeah. And how boring is it to say, all right, You got to squeeze your glute muscles. And Alex used to say, now squeeze your peach, squeeze your
2: peaches. (laughs) And so
1: I say that all the time. So you got to squeeze your peaches. peaches. Yeah. And I always make this motion. Squeeze your peaches. And then you, we were doing glute bridges today. Yeah. So I say, squeeze your peaches first. And then you raise. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I love it. Yeah. Squeeze the peach. That sounds like something Alex would say.
1: Okay. So when you are talking. We, you said, you know, CrossFit, as an outsider to CrossFit or even someone that's in CrossFit, it's a competitive environment, right? It's perceived as being highly competitive. It's, it's interesting to think about what differentiates a CrossFit gym from a regular gym. I remember before going to a CrossFit gym, I was super intimidated. It was super scary. I remember watching YouTube videos where people were kind of doing spoofs on CrossFit. And you watch people that looked like apes running around the gym, slamming balls into the ground, throwing bars over their head, mm-hmm. running in a circle, you know, dropping to the floor, getting back up. And then it seemed random and it seemed heavy and horrible and at the end of the workout everyone's lying on the ground in a pool of blood
0: yeah Yeah. pukey the clown
1: (laughs) yes exactly and it's interesting i just wanted to kind of pick your brain about that of in your mind because at this point you've been to a lot of different crossfit gyms you've coached at different gyms What do you feel differentiates a CrossFit gym from a regular gym?
0: That's a good question. So, like a CrossFit gym versus either like a Globo gym or like an F45 or Orange Theory type of place, or like CrossFit versus anybody? That's
1: a good question. In my mind, I'm thinking CrossFit versus Planet Fitness or CrossFit versus, yeah, Globo gym.
0: I think. I mean, whether it's in in that respect, whether it's competitive or not, I think you'll get far better results towards your goal Mm -hmm. than you would at a planet fitness not that you can't you can you could totally get results at planet fitness or anywhere else in the world i think what makes crossfit different is that you come for the results but you stay for the community and then once you get attached to that every the results still matter and you're still going to get them but they become a little the the volume on it becomes turned down just a little bit less Mm-hmm. Um, and you start to become something, part of something that's a little bit bigger than those results. Or like you say, let's take aesthetic, right? You have a, like, I want to lose 10 pounds, um, mm-hmm. for the summer, mm-hmm. you get joined CrossFit and that is your goal. And maybe you get there and you f- like, you think you feel pretty good and it's great, but then you also get attached to like, man, my 6am class, we have so much fun. Yeah, Like I look forward to it so much. And I had a really shitty night at work last night and I'm coming in this morning and I'm tired and I'm having a cup of coffee. My kids kept me up all night or whatever. And then I just have fun. And then I lost 10 pounds, but fucking, I don't really care. Like that's not what I'm thinking about anymore. Mm -hmm. Or I, for me, it was like, I want to gain, I want to look as, I want to weigh 185 pounds. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I get, I got up to 180, and I was like, you know, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, cool. But, the way i feel after a workout when everyone's giving fist bumps, high fives, nice jobs that's way more captivating and engaging and and lasting than i lost her this weight or gained this weight or or anything like that as far as aesthetics there's other goals too like and that goes i mean into the mentality too like i my anxiety and like my downness is Far reduced when I'm going to CrossFit classes because there's that community, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like a, it's not a church, but it is kind of like a, you go to people go to church for a reason. It's either you praise this God or praise this religion, but a lot for a lot of people, it's the social interaction and the social bonding and that feeling of a, being a part of something that's bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. And that connects people. And I think that's a big reason why people w- will stick to a CrossFit gym as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not for. Not for the results you get necessarily aesthetically, but that community that you find.
1: Yeah. The community at a CrossFit gym is way different than, let's say, a Planet Fitness or even a YMCA gym. There's not a lot of camaraderie there. And yeah, that's I I like the way you said that. And I was thinking about, from a habit change perspective people will often say exactly what you just said. I want to weigh 185 pounds or I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to bulk up. I want to get strong. And the people you surround yourself is so important when you think about your social environment and the likelihood that you will achieve that goal. Mm -hmm. And I read somewhere that you always want to join groups where your desired behavior is the normal behavior. You want to join groups where your desired behavior is the normal behavior. So this is your social environment and it matters a lot. And when you think about the social environment of a CrossFit gym, it's teamwork, it's fun, it's camaraderie, it's also hard work. It's hard work people are getting fucking strong.
2: Yeah.
1: Um and it's I think that's the appeal. That's that was the appeal of CrossFit to me is you kind of see these amazing athletes but you also see all walks of life and you know everyone everyone kind of grows together.
0: I mean, it's infinitely scalable. I think that's mm-hmm. that's the that's the golden approach really. You know, you could have you and me in a class and you could have Matt Fraser, And then you could have, you know, someone who just started a week ago and you could do the same workout. Yeah. Have a good coach, scale it appropriately and we'll, we'll run it. I love that. What you said uh, about the behaviors.
1: Yeah. That comes from James clear atomic habits. He's an author. I love, oh, yeah. great. yeah, yeah he's, yeah, totally. he's great, but he talks a lot about, you know, your environment, not only your environment, the physical environment, but your social environment. And you want, to, you want to reduce friction when you're creating change. And so if you want to, you know, work out, lose weight, you might not want to hang out with your work buddies that go to happy hour every night. Yeah. You might want to join a CrossFit gym because they're not going to happy hour every night. They might be yeah. going on Friday night, but... <laughs>
0: And that's good if you go on Friday nights. Yeah. So balance. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's yeah, a lot of good social interaction there, too.
1: Anything else about the mindset of a CrossFit gym that differentiates it from other places? I think you nailed it with just the culture and the community and the fact that it's, that it's scalable. I don't think a lot of yeah. people know that. I think a lot of people see CrossFit and the CrossFit games and CrossFit athletes and don't realize that you don't walk in your first day. And you're not expected to deadlift 300 pounds.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Or do a barbell thruster or yeah. you know, any of that. You know, and I think that's, yeah, totally a common misconception. It, it is scalable and it's approachable for everybody. Um, and, and I mean, the good gyms do that. There mm-hmm. are. I mean, that's the thing about CrossFit is it is a corporation and a chain technically. Right. But they're all boutique gyms. Every mm-hmm. gym is individual to do whatever the hell they want you one athlete could go to a gym across town and it could be a total shit experience because the coach is just a cheerleader and just pushing them into things. Um, and there's not a lot of investment on their end, not a lot of good instruction, right. Mm -hmm. And then their experience is ruined and CrossFit shit to them. But the other gym across town, you know, has this amazing thing, the amazing board talk, clear instructions. It's, it's strict to a point where this is what you're doing for the warmup. We're all going to do it together. Mm -hmm. And that takes a lot of stress off of people if you just like all right guys we're gonna work for our snatch take about five minutes work up to a little bit of weight and then we're gonna start or if you do barbell skills guys this is what we're doing from the hip from the knee from this like clear it takes a lot of stress off of people and they move better so why not do it but yeah i think it, it's it just depends where you go and that's the bummer about it potentially mm-hmm. right is mm-hmm. that you could go to one that um like anywhere it doesn't give a shit.
1: Yeah, every gym is different.
0: It doesn't know how to to give a shit. Mm -hmm. So, okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's, you're right. Every gym is different. And we, one component of CrossFit, and there's other gyms that are like this too, is the intensity. It's assumed, I mean, the intensity is scalable the same way everything else is scalable. Mm -hmm. But there's this idea of when you do a CrossFit workout, The goal is to redline right redline Mm -hmm. the workout drop dead in a in a pool of your own blood at the end of it
0: (laughs) yeah that's like (laughs) the conception right yeah (laughs) that's yeah
1: that's that's a misconception but i want you to talk about redlining so what is redlining and then is there value to that
0: redlining is exactly i kind of hear you described it it's it i think it's subjective to a point where it could Look like that to someone, mm-hmm. but it could look different to someone else. I think it's really hard to actually redline. I think it's difficult to actually actually push that limit mm-hmm. to a point that you literally have nothing left in your mm-hmm. body. I think very few people can actually get there, and very few workouts are set up to get you there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: However, there there are clear workouts in CrossFit that are done weekly that can wear you the fuck down over time over six months right so if you're constantly hitting um like glycolytic workouts like workouts that really require you to get into a point where you can't get words out and you're trying to sustain that for five seven minutes Mm -hmm. that's more like glycolytic right and we talk about not eating properly right so a lot of people don't get a nutrition talk when they come into crossfit so maybe they're really low on carb protein then they're really going to suffer because they're trying to grind through these really hard workouts and they're that's tough on its own, even if you are getting enough nutrition in mm mm-hmm. but without that nutrition i mean good good luck you're gonna crash, so I think that redlining itself is really hard, like the only time I've redlined was during a sled push workout mm. right, so you think mm-hmm. about some of those workouts, they will eat you alive if you push hard enough, like in assault air bike sprints
1: that's right? what I was thinking you of. do
0: yeah, you do sixty second sprints with you know. I have two minute rest even. And you mm-hmm. do that five times. You'll probably get really close to redlining if you're the type of person that is really able to push mm-hmm. for those 60 seconds the way it's intended. The same with... Um, so my one redline of my life that I know that yeah. I, I pushed way over was a sled workout. So we were out back of Worthy. It was me, Jeremy, and uh, uh, Kyle, the PT. Mm-hmm. And it was a three-person team. Um, so I would push let's say, I don't remember how far it was, but it was on concrete. There's a lot of friction and we had 45s on. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's say, let's call it 50 feet. So I would push 50 feet, Jeremy would push 50 feet back and Kai would push 50 feet Mm. and I would push. So it was just Mm -hmm. going back and forth. Yeah. And honestly, it was maybe 10 minutes of that. And it was Mm -hmm. just get as many rounds as you can get. And I was able to push so hard in that workout. I don't know what got into me. Usually I'm like, I shy away from getting to that point. I don't know what came into me. Maybe it was being with Jeremy and Kyle, mm-hmm, but I pushed yeah. so hard. I was I was outdoing them. Like they were like dragging, and I was like gun ho. I don't know mm-hmm. if I ate something the day before, but I redlined so hard that I literally had to lay down in the office for two hours, like fetal position.
1: Oh no! Um, and
0: Jeremy was like ah. down there, you know, doing classes <laughs> and running. He's like came upstairs. He's like, "Hey man, are you okay?" I'm like, ah, "I just got fucked. that just did me so hard. I never have gone that hard again." that's not the point mm-hmm. that was not the point i missed i missed like i missed the assignment on that one i went way too hard yeah <laughs> and a lot of people go too hard a lot and workouts are set up like that in in crossfit and it's for 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 crossfit that is part of the magic is getting into those high intensity exercises and, and mm-hmm. workouts that's part of the magic however yeah that that too needs to be scaled right so you can't hit glycolytic workouts five days a week and expect progress. That's just okay. not going to work. You need, it, it is CrossFit. You need the constantly varied movements, but you can do constantly varied movements in a lot of different modalities. You can do long-term, you can do intervals, you can do Tabatas, um, you can do EMOMs, you can do lightweight, heavyweight, right? There's a lot of different things. We don't always need to work within a twenty one fifteen nine nine parameter or or a seven-minute amrap parameter, or hero workouts. Like mm-hmm. hero workouts are some of the most amazing workouts for community and camaraderie and shared suffering. They're some of the worst for training and getting better. So yeah, that's what I think about redlining. I think it's actually pretty hard to actually get there. But mm-hmm. I think more of the red flag is that constantly hitting those classic CrossFit workouts quotes, right? The glycolytic workouts, yeah, too often Mm -hmm. because that'll that'll mess you up it really will
1: it's interesting because every gym is different again and every gym's programming is different and so i could imagine that there's gyms out there that are programming in a way where you are hitting those high intensity marks day in day out yeah and like you said that's not great because over time, that's going to compound, right? It's going to compound. It's not going to lead to this ideal state of health that we all are after.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about how it nail, like hammers you down.
1: Yeah, um, I want to like know.
0: Ho- hormone resistance. Um, your hormones get all fucked up, especially with low low nutrition and high-intensity exercise, especially for females. I mean, I, I live with a female, like Jess, Went through a lot of things with that. Yeah. I think a lot of females do, and whether they realize it or not. I think burnout, mental burnout on it mm, is mm-hmm. huge. Um, uh, injuries, nagging knee pain, right? So we, I think CrossFit, oh, well, the orthopedic issues are worth, the orthopedic instance of injury, like that risk, is worth the benefits, the health benefits long-term. True. But we can avoid the orthopedic issues. We can avoid sore knees and sore shoulders. We can avoid you know we talk about rotator cuffs and things like that we can actually cross we can make those things better rotator cuff and shoulder strength if we do those things getting addicted to this type of workout and mm, feeling oh, really yeah. good right feeling really good about yeah. our workout but then feeling like shit the rest of the day the rest of the week and then you you do another workout and you feel really good and you're like it's good for me it makes me feel good it doesn't it mm-hmm. just makes you feel a little bit better than your are you're, you're like operating at like 10%, right? And then you do this workout and you get a rush of hormones, right? And you, now you're operating at 20% and then mm-hmm. you drop back down to 10%. Whereas if we like reprogrammed, do a lot more long-term, uh, long duration workouts, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, sled drags, um, flushes, more flushes. You're going to slowly creep up, 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 and start feeling actually better. And you're like, holy shit. You'll look back and reflect and be like, man, I, felt horrible i didn't even realize it. you're just mm-hmm. addicted to the workouts and how they make you feel in that short hour one hour two hours how many times jess has come home and like have been riding this high off a of coffee and a workout two hours later she's miserable
1: crashing yeah. crash
0: yeah. so that's we don't want that like, mm-hmm. that's not our goal that's not our goal that's not um I'm not bashing jess she's she's great um and she knows that that goes on but that's not health that's not long-term health right we can't that's not sustainable we can't do that
1: yeah (laughs) hearing you hearing you talk about this i'm recalling there used to be wednesdays used to be gpp days general physical preparedness days those days were the days we would do farmers carries some sled pushes those were not the days when we would lie on the ground breathless and a pool of sweat Mm -hmm. people would skip those days because they thought oh that looks boring that looks boring and it doesn't look like much of a workout right but how beneficial are those days as far as a training component
0: they're the most important yeah because they allow you to recover from Mm -hmm. the hard days that are also very important but you need you know, I think my point is, yeah, you need to scale back on those and incorporate more of those GPP days. Those are the best days. They're so fun. You don't keep score. You work with a squad and you like move some weight, push some sleds.
1: Yeah. So is there a place for, you know, you talked about hero wads as you know they're great for teamwork and camaraderie Mm -hmm. and this, this sense of combined suffering, which there's something really special about that. So is there a place for hero wads and these higher intensity, maybe not redline workouts, but really high intensity workouts in your training?
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. I think, well, okay. So the high intensity workouts, totally. Yeah. The 60 second bike sprints. And especially if you want to compete, like yeah. even if you want to compete locally. Yeah, totally. I mean, you need that stuff. Um, even for general health, it's good. We don't want to live. That's the whole point of CrossFit. Be, be a generalist. Mm-hmm right be pretty good at almost everything so you need to be dabble in the danger is you know going too aerobic right long distance running then you're only mm. good at long distance or being too anaerobic uh olympic lifting well then you're only good at olympic lifting mm-hmm. uh, you pull from all these different modalities then that is crossfit so i think yeah there's totally a place for the high intensity mm, once a week though like if we're going to program 60 second bike sprints once a week yeah i don't think he, i think the 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 mode of progress there is probably three or four weeks where you'll see like some progress or like a one rm say we're gonna do a one rep max oh yeah for uh front squat um so you do that week one you set your first one you do come back the next week maybe you get five more pounds week three maybe you get five ten more pounds maybe week four i think you're starting to come over the mountain and that's going to stop being beneficial mm-hmm. the same for everything else the difference is for the crossfit like was 21 the 60 second bike sprints or something like that. Um, the push, 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 red line and fall on the floor type of feel. I think we do them too often and um, it, it, you'll just stop seeing progress. You won't even realize it though. Cause mentally you're like, man, I feel good. Like I just beat my buddy here by yeah. 20 seconds. I feel good. Um, but you're not realizing that the progress isn't being made.
1: There was a time at Worthy when I think Jeremy recognized that especially the athletes that did group classes, and they also did the secondary beast programming, I think he started to realize that this is actually not, not helpful as far as training high-intensity every day, all right. the time. You are beating your body to shit. You're beating your nervous system to shit. Totally. And I think he realized that, and at one point... You may have been there. He had us start wearing heart rate monitors. So we would wear chest straps. And during certain workouts, he would say, you're going to do this workout, but you are not, your heart rate is not going to go above this. And the whole goal was to train at lower intensities and practice training while keeping your heart rate lower. And it was hard. It was hard if you were in a group class, you were keeping track of your heart rate and everyone else is going balls to the walls and you're just sitting there taking deep breaths and you'd pick up mm-hmm. a wall ball. You do some like slow, steady wall balls, check your heart rate, drop the wall ball <laughs> rest. Mm-hmm. So like, Connor, just, are you
0: even doing anything? You're right. You feel like people are looking at you and you're like, mm.
1: it was so interesting. And I, <laughs> There was a little resistance for me because because it's a competitive space and you want to push and the workouts are designed to push and there's a leaderboard that there was a little resistance for me in that, well, if I keep my heart rate low, I'm not doing anything. I feel like I'm not doing anything. I'm barely breaking a sweat. But now looking back on it, I see, wow, there is so much value in training that way.
0: Yeah, there is. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you don't burn yourself out. I think the best thing that I got from the Beast program was learning the skills better. So, handstand push ups, muscle ups. I got very proficient at those. And I think that's what the competitor, like the extra stuff, should reflect in in a CrossFit gym is uh, getting better at the skill of things instead of pushing more. Intensity down our throat and the means of like especially breathlessness workouts. Yeah, push the skills, push the emoms. Do five handstand pushups one minute, and then run two hundred meters the next minute. Right, and that's like a great way to keep your heart rate up a little bit, and then also practice your handstand pushups. I think emoms are Crossfitter's best friend and intervals and just practicing your skills because ultimately, and you you'll build an endurance to those skills. That's if you want to be competitive, that's going to be the difference. It's not mm-hmm. how intense you go in the first two minutes. Can you be proficient and really, really good at this skill and keep it up throughout the whole duration of the workout?
1: Yeah. As an athlete, when I first started as a CrossFit athlete, I thought EMOMs were so boring. Oh, they are. And then, as a coach and someone who programs, I see them as being so incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. Really, I'm. They're one of my favorites now
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean they're they're great to program really, yeah literally i i programmed them for Corey too they're so good they're amazing because they have built-in rest it's like mentally it's it's more approachable too yes um and it's just great training it's very very good super boring to do so boring i mean boring and that's why they're not done a lot in a class because like you want to have fun and the you know people like perceived exertion equals results right with an imam maybe you don't always get that perceived exertion where you're falling on the floor like falling on the floor is like a badge right it's i you know i re- results and it's something and that is a tough shell to break and i don't know if we'll what we ever will mm-hmm. as like a whole brand and i don't think we should fully because you should have workouts where you fall on the floor afterwards yeah. just another mode of training yeah but it's, i think it's done too much And I think there's a lot of coaches and coaching that it pushes that Mm -hmm. because that is the status Mm -hmm. and uh, that's not right. We're going to talk about hero wads too. Can we do that real quick?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about hero wads. What's
0: the last hero wad you did? Do you remember?
1: You know what? I think it, this is going to sound, this is going to sound like really sad and depressing. I think I did Murph and I think I did it by myself
0: it's not sad or depressing. That's badass.
1: I think it was it was terrible though because I was alone
0: yeah.
1: when I did it, and it's I think it was shortly after. Oh, you know what? I t- it was Murph. I was at CrossFit Big Rapids though, so I did do it in a group. Nice. I did do it in a group. I actually though when I did Murph, the the night before Murph, I. Uh, a little bone in my foot got displaced. And so I was in so much pain, I could not walk on my foot. And the CrossFit gym owner's husband was a podiatrist. Score. So I texted her and I said, I'm going to come to Murph tomorrow. My foot is killing me. I don't think I can do, you know, part of it, but I'm going to do what I can. Um, but I went and she was like, Oh, my husband will be there. He's going to look at your foot. So he looked at my foot. Um, but I didn't run. It was still hard though. I did. I think I biked and I don't know, but that, that I, it was Murph end of the story. It was Murph.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Murph is a classic. I think that's one of the most iconic hero wads Murph. I mean, you should do Murph. I think if you're part of CrossFit, um you're gonna do murph right yeah i mean it's just something you do every year as a gym.
1: what was the last one you did
0: there was one uh called chad that we did which is a a thousand step ups to a box for time with a uh with a vest um and there's also a lot of hero wads that are out here that are local to the area so Mm -hmm. There, I don't know the names of them, but they're named after firefighters. Oh, that that's have cool. Passed away, um, which is really cool. Yeah. So, um, a lot of people do those to honor them. Uh, but there's a big firefighting crew or you know a community and, in Fresno, and also that goes to the gym. There's at least a couple guys, four or five, if not more. So they like to do those. Um, yeah, I think Chad was the last one that I did. Uh, Murph is never fun, right? We did, me and Jess did Murph alone in a park two years ago, did pandemic you? year. Yeah. Because yeah. nothing was open. That yeah. was the most grueling. I hated it. I hated Jess. She hated me. It was not, <laughs> it was not fun. We're in Fresno. It was ha so hot. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, we, we did it and we made the best of it. Uh, yeah. And la- next, last year was at the gym. I think Hero Wads, like I said, are the most community building and camaraderie. Like the shared suffering really comes out in those for mm-hmm. a reason. Um, is because you honor the person that suffered themselves mm-hmm. so that suffering you're going through that workout is is reflection of their their effort towing that line um, between honoring the memory of that person and using it as a training modality mm-hmm. um, there needs to be like a line there and you can't do hero wads even every week you shouldn't be doing a hero wad every week there are gyms um, out there that do them there every are people week that, the gyms that do that yeah. yeah and it's unfortunate i think it's if it's a gym owner programming that for the general public, their classes, I think that's super lazy and a disservice, but there's a flip side to this that I've come to realize. Like I was, I was judgmental of, of all the hero wise I saw when I came out here. I'm like, man, why are they doing this? Like, this is not good training, but mm-hmm. the perceived effort is the result, right? So they're working really hard. So they're best to be getting stronger and good results. You'll get results to a point with your workouts, you're doing work. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not structure. Most of the time it's not structure. It's just, you know, movements and and the work to be done. Um, but there's a flip side of this. I've realized that most people aren't doing them every week, right? They're dosing them in and you can't tell shit to these, to people that want to do this. Cause we're talking about training and like, that's the only thing that goes into these people uh, like our lives when Mm -hmm. we have entire other lives going on. Sickness, family issues, relationship issues, um, I mean, body, I mean, name it, right? All these different things. And if doing a hero odd makes them feel better about those mm-hmm. things or mm-hmm. is like a nod to like, I can fucking do this or, you know, I'm really honoring this person. And like, this was someone that I work next to. Yeah, let's do it. Like, you can't tell shit to someone like that about oh you know that's actually not the best way of training like come on who's gonna say that so if, if it's a choice and they want to do it and that's their time and do it like I looked at it as like someone who who had has been through cancer survived cancer and they do hero once or twice three times a month mm-hmm. how are you gonna tell someone shit about that like dude I like follow I do everything else right and I do this because I fucking can yeah. I think there's, there's, there's power in that. Oh yeah. Um, Cause hero wor- workouts, hero wads are some of the toughest ones we'll ever do mm-hmm. toughest workouts. So I think that's the flip side. I think as an individual and as a small group, as community events, they're invaluable mm-hmm. and they're great. And yeah, they're great. But if you're putting them into like a general class training, super super bad at that point it's not even about the memory of that person or anything else it's just a workout on the board yeah and that's where crossfit can be different where it can be training and not competitive or just random shit
1: i like once a season maybe a hero wad i I mean at this point i haven't done a hero wad in two or three years but i think once a season or twice a year
0: i think it pull, it's more impactful that way for sure yeah. for me personally yeah uh, i think murph is one like i said that i'll always do mm-hmm. and murph is probably one that you're, you're going to be doing again yeah at some point in your life and uh whatever else comes up too I and mean, there's several other ones so we did one yeah. with dan remember dan when we did the for the firefighters yes uh, yeah hot shots 19 we did yeah that was probably the most emotional one i've done yeah because it was so draining it was raining Hard yeah. and Dan, Dan Dan told this like amazing story about these firefighters because mm-hmm. he knew them. Yeah, and uh, he told an amazing emotional story before we did the workout, and uh, it was super tough. I was one of the last ones done, last one on the run, raining, pouring rain. Dan comes out and runs Man. next to me, and it was just, it was amazing. And who cares how good or bad of training that is at that point?
1: God, I just got chills, and I just got so many flashbacks to the rain, running in the rain, and coming in and being soaking wet Soaked. and. Yeah, that was great, though. That was really, that was great.
0: Right? And you remember those things. It's core memory.
1: I think what you just said, though, is doing it in smaller doses makes it more impactful. Sure. Yeah. Because if you saturate your programming with hero wads every week or every month, as a community, you, they, they lose their value a little bit. Because it becomes, oh, what hero What are we doing this week versus, oh, Murph is coming up. Murph is the countdown to Murph is coming and we do a whole big thing and there's a ceremony and we spend time understanding the reason why we're doing the workout and saying, instead of being like, well, it's hero wad Saturday. And we picked one from a hat and we're doing this one.
0: I guess we'll trudge through it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a random person that, I mean, okay. That's another thing too, is it could be just a random person and no disrespect to any of these, these people's legacy. It's not obviously.
1: Right. Anyone any yes. would think
0: that, but just want to put it out there. Yeah. It could just be random out of the hat or random online. This guy did this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's, let's do that. Yeah. Um, out here there, like I said, with the firefighters, like some of these guys knew these guys and they do them. And I think that's amazing. Like it's not random to them. Um, so I think that's really nice. Yeah. Um, once I fully understood that, I was like, okay, I, I, I it really
1: I hits home. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And mm-hmm.
0: you can't tell shit to someone like that. I mean, like they're going to, they're going to send it like, and I think that's cool.
1: Yeah, I do too. anything else you want to say about hero wads or CrossFit or being back, being back in the game?
0: No, I'm happy to be back. I think it's, it's been very refreshing. I think I had a goal at my first feet physical therapy job. It was like burnt me out and I was working long hours. And I was like, man, I have, I don't want to live like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had this idea. I was like, man, I want a different, I either want to go part-time and I want to coach again. Cause coaching is weird as, as stressful as it was. Um, it was very fulfilling.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I ended up getting another full-time job in PT, but it's, Super flexible. I'm able to coach. I think it's awesome. It's super refreshing. There's some days I wake up and like, man, I gotta see eight patients and then go coach two classes. Like, ugh. once I start coaching though, it's like, damn, this isn't even work. This is just yeah. super super fun, and that's the biggest thing. As a coach, do everything you can to keep it fun. And yeah. if you are having fun, even if it's ten percent, the class is gonna have fun. And you know, sometimes you'll get a great class that comes in and they know each other and they're chattering and then they bring out the fun in you and that's okay too, but just recognize it when it's happening. And if you can keep it in yourself too, to, to send it out.
1: Awesome. Thanks bones. This is great.
0: Yeah. Thank you. That was, that was wonderful.
1: Yeah. All right. We'll talk soon.